Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Bo North. On this show, we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. And today we are here to talk about chapters 13 and 14 of Children of Dune, just as soon as we escape possession. But will we? But ever, I mean ever. <laughs> All of my ancestors. I am the sum. I, I don't want to talk to my ancestors. No, no. Not at all. Even people I miss, I, it would be sad. I don't I don't want to talk to their spirits trapped inside me. And everyone else, I don't know you. Well, I mean, I, I'm a white lady from the South. <laughs> so I will leave you to infer why I don't want to talk to my ancestors. <laughs> like all those scenes in American Horror Story Coven when they're yeah. showing Kathy Bates the, uh, the news. No! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. So yeah, it would be like that. It wouldn't be pretty. Uh, you know it's not pretty. Mm. These chapters. <laughs> not not a bit. Not a bit. I don't know. I I found the second chapter kind of amusing, but we'll get to that. Yeah. I suppose we we got to talk uh, we got to talk about chapter 13. Guys, it's a it's a beast. It's a big, long chapter, and a lot of stuff happens, for once. A lot. Yeah, it, it's, there's a lot to unpack here, so we should just get to it. All right. Um, do you want me to take this epigraph? Go for it. All right. Here we go. A sophisticated human can become primitive. What this really means is that the human's way of life changes. Old values change, become linked to the landscape with, it, with its plants and animals. The new existence requires a working knowledge of those multiplex and cross-linked events usually referred to as nature. It requires a measure of respect for the inertial power within such natural systems. The emphasis is theirs. <laughs> when a human gains this working knowledge and respect that is called being primitive, the converse, of course, is equally true. The primitive can become sophisticated, but not without accepting dreadful psychological damage. And that is the Leto commentary after Hark al Ada. Okay. What <clears throat> the? <sighs> interesting. Right. It's interesting. interesting. I don't know. I mean, this chapter, there's, it could have just used like a poem or something because mm -hmm. this chapter is deep enough. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a lot. So we're with our little twinsies. Yep. They're standing out standing out on the their little spot, which used to be their parents' little spot. And Ghani is not here for Leto's plan, which is again to mm -hmm. try to talk to their ancestors. Yeah. Uh, they are speaking in Egyptian, just because. <laughs> Middle Egyptian. Egyptian. I had to look it up. Yeah. Just, you know... It's such an old language at this point that there isn't even a name for it, but they can speak it through their mm -hmm. ancestors. Uh, so they are definitely those people who are like, well, I don't know if you know, but my great, 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 great grandmother was a Middle <laughs> Egyptian princess. <laughs> uh, so Leto's just like, look, we have to do this. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And he's like, <laughs> and he says, this. he's like, I'll do it. Whether you like, I'll do it without you, but it would be better if you helped me. Yeah, he basically like guilts her into it. Yeah, and she says, you know, I know we need guidance, and he's like, no, we need more than that. We need protection. Like, look at what is going on around us. Like, we gotta just do this. Mm -hmm. So, she sings a song 
mm-hmm. um, that Chani used to sing to Paul, and it helps him, like, kind of go in, you know, fall into his father's awareness. Yeah. And so they become effectively Paul and Chani for a while. Yeah. And I don't know, but that's uncomfortable. It is, especially when you've got, you know, these young siblings looking at each other like, oh, my beloved. It's like, ugh. And they say that, you know, Gandhi's voice has turned husky and it's just like, mm-hmm. of course, yeah, okay, we get it. Like, ew. Like, that's inappropriate. <laughs> um, so it also doesn't make, I mean, I guess that they're bringing Chani into this so that. To help Paul. To help Paul, but it's still yeah. like this is a little unnecessary because yeah. Paul is also not being the most helpful, <laughs> like no. other consciousness. He's just sort of like I don't know, man. <laughs> um, he's like, well, I guess my last vision hasn't happened yet. And then, like, poor Chani is just like, wait, did you die? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess I could have. Um, I was supposed yeah. to. I think he says, like, he, I wanted to see how everything plays out or something to that effect. Nice. Good, yeah. Good work. Yeah. Cool. 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 So I mean, they're just cool like, oh, so Alia failed. The yeah. golden path is the only way. Uh, mm-hmm. Your mom got back here too late. Great. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, and so, like, they, they are asking their parents, you know, like, how do we not end up like Alia? Yeah. And Paul's like, you got bigger things to worry about. He's like, you never know. Uh, the Baron has her and that's, you know, he's very strong. Like, obviously he's also there within you guys, but don't worry about it. Um, well, apparently because Alia tried so hard for so long to resist that that made her more susceptible. And and the Baron wanted power. Like, you know, he was obsessed yeah. with power. And, and even as just a personality within her he's still the same personality yeah um so Leto's going through a lot of this and meanwhile ugh, so paul is like look a lot th- there's the last vision that i had is really what's gonna have to happen like there's no other way yeah like he says he's, like yeah Mwadib has to be destroyed like the whole myth, the religion Mm -hmm. all of that has to be destroyed or this child will not bring us, be able to bring us back from chaos. And he also tells Chani that he went to Jakarutu which she's just like, oh my god really? (laughs) Beloved, no! (laughs) And then so Paul just says his piece and kind of, you know, backs up so that Leto's personality can can re- reaffirm itself yeah it can come forward or whatever and then he looks over at his sister and she's still his mom yeah she chani doesn't want to let go because apparently like you know the the memories or whatever the the past lives like they once they are feeling sensations and everything again like they don't want to let that go and i get it but this isn't chani she would not no. do this to her baby. That's the thing. Like, it's understandable. Like, yeah, like you said, you know, and this has been something that's very clear. And even Paul, you know, has ha- had a few moments where he was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I could fix stuff. Nope, I can't. I, even, I have to pull like, back from this. Even Leto says, like, you could be me if you wanted to. And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah. And he says, you know, like, 
would do this is your daughter's life you would be taking like Mm -hmm. she'd be gone your own daughter and she's just like yeah but it would be super easy and he leo says like i'd hate you and my father would hate you and she's just like no yeah and this is the part where she's basically looking at her son and saying no it'd be fine now be paul (laughs) and he says like he would, Paul would despise you too. And she's like, nah, and Paul's like, uh, yes, I would. I yeah. super would. So I think that like, she kind of, she's, it, she's hanging on, man. She doesn't want to go. Yeah. And it's, it takes so long. It's so hours. uncomfortable. It takes hours yeah. of poor Gani just like twitching in the sand while her mom tries to decide whether or not she wants to possess her daughter's body. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, Paul has full-on been like, look, yeah, I'll just go back to the desert again. Like, I will Mm -hmm. full-on leave. I will not be part of this. Like, Mm nah. And it's very gross. And there's also, they have to note that women, females are more susceptible to this, which is why the Benny Gesserit are so afraid of it. Like, okay, great. Mm. Maybe because also it's all they've ever seen, but all right, let's just go with... The fact that naturally it would be, you know, different. And he finally says, like, look, she'll be like Alia. Do you want her to be like Alia? And Johnny's like, I guess not. Yeah, it it takes hours. And poor, poor Ghani. She's, like, completely drained when it's all over. And the sun is coming up. So... That in in and of itself would be enough to fill a chapter, I feel like. But no, we've got so much more. Oh, my God. So they talk about the Golden Path and, Mm -hmm. you know, the logic of it. And they talk about Duncan and this and that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, look, we could talk, you know, we know about Jessica. Like our mother has within us talked to, you know, about Jessica. So we know that, like, we we can we can probably talk to her, but how much can we actually tell her? You know, because yeah. again, there's still this fear that she's just there on behalf of the Betty Jesuit, or that if they say like, "Oh, we've been talking to our ancestors," she's just gonna go, "Ah, yeah," ah. like she wouldn't understand. And you know, fair, but <clears throat> you know, if Jessica is there, like as a full force Betty Jesuit, like for the sisterhood, like Leto says, it could be very bad for us. Yeah. Because he says, you know, they're still trying to get their Kwisatch Haderach, and we have his mm-hmm. blood, and what they'll probably try to do is make the two of us, quote-unquote, mate, like they mm-hmm. were considering with Paul and, and Alia. Th- thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, Lito's like, uh, the idea is repellent. <laughs> Which, Yeah, they're you. just like, I don't like that. Yeah. And Ghani, Ghani at least is kind of like, I mean, people have done this before. I mean, they are speaking to Middle Egyptian ancestors who are probably sure. like, hey. <laughs> um, and they're both just like, yeah, no. Ooh, no, thank you. Uh, so they're just like, all right, then I guess our only choice is the Golden Path. Yeah. And there's some discussion about, like, this plan that they've hatched. And Leto's, like, secretly happy that she's saying our plan yeah (laughs) she's she's on board but in order for it to work really work it there's something like one of them has to appear to be dead Mm -hmm. and the other has to actually believe that the other one's dead i don't know 
I yeah, it has quite... to be, they know that it has to appear that one of them has died and that mm-hmm. the one left behind has to legitimately be mourning Mourn. or someone will figure it out. Yeah. And it'll negate the whole thing if they screw this up. And mm-hmm. this is like their only shot for this plan, the Golden Path to work. And Gotti's just, Gotti tells him, you're not Osiris. It's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I tell my brothers that every day. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm not trying to be. And it's like, well, that's good. Because again, with the, the sibling marriage, but all right. Yeah. We're moving on from that, guys. <laughs> right. They talk a little bit about how, you know, Alia is there screwing everything up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're worried about uh, a possible trial of possession. Yeah. Not just for Alia, but for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's a little worried that there's more to what's going on that he hasn't told her. Yeah, uh, which there is. Knows, yeah, of course there is. And, you know, she's kind of like, well, what is happening? Like, one, mm-hmm. it's the golden path. And two, you know, he, he wants his sister's permission to do whatever has to be done. And she doesn't know what that is. Yeah. It's like, how wow. can she make an informed decision if you don't share all the deets with her? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but knowing Ghani, she would not be okay with it. <laughs> no. Right. But she does say that, you know, a knife in Alia's ribs might t- take care of most of their problems. Then they have the world's most casual conversation about how she's cheating on her husband. Yeah. Because they're like, well, no one's ever close enough to her to do it. They're like, yeah, what about Javid? <laughs> yeah. And one of them says, like, has Duncan grown horns? Which It's like, eh. Thank God we're still using cuckold as a thing in the year 10,000 whatever. I just always think of the scene in the miniseries when he catches them and he's just sort of angrily in the hallway with a knife like, mm, I don't like this. Yeah. My wife's having crazy against the wall sex with another dude. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> like Duncan. He's just, he's kind of pathetic, honestly. I, I do like that in movies, whenever he's like, you catch oh, him cheating, it's always, like, against the wall sex. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I don't want to interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> he just basically, like, pieces out, which, Like, okay. oh, that's a little, that's a little wild. I, I'm going to step away from that. <laughs> I don't even know she liked it against the wall. You know he's probably just a missionary man. No, not Duncan. Not Duncan? Not Duncan. Well, at least not Jason Momoa, Duncan. I don't even no, want to know. No, God, no. No. <laughs> I mean, I could stand to find out. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to Jessica's rooms, and that's kind of where they end it, with them sort of bickering over what's going to happen with Alia. They're just like, we need we need to get rid of gods. We don't need any more Atreides gods, mm-hmm. god emperors. Uh, we need <laughs> some humanity. And he's just like, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not denying it. Like, I'm not going to do it, but... Yeah. <laughs> the best part is that he says, look, we won't get possessed, especially if we have to We have to create the golden path. And Connie's yeah. like, I'm not having your kids. I'm just going <laughs> to double back on this. We're circling back like, around to reemphasize that I am not doing yeah. that. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I like that he's just like, look, I love you so much, but ew. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Absolutely thank you. No. I'm yes, so glad no, someone has the proper <laughs> re- reaction to that idea. And he's, he's like, he's glad that she's come around. He's not super excited about it. And 
we kind of just end with Leto being like, oh boy, like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no stopping us now. Yeah, but you don't see him, like, bitching and moaning about it like Paul did. Oh my god. Oh my god, my destiny. Uh. And this kid's nine. He's nine Yeah, years he's, he's a happy-go-lucky little, little guy, I'll tell ya. I will say that I'm ex- I'm excited that things happen so quickly in this book. And we've said this several times, mm-hmm. but it's just, this is so early on, but it's mm-hmm. already just like, here we go. Yeah. These kids, these kids are making it happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought this happened a lot later. So that's why I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Even without, without their uncle, mm-hmm. Duncan, Jason Momoa. Yes. So, hey kids, hey kids, how you guys doing? It's me, your uncle, Duncan. <laughs> uncle Dunks. Hey guys, just hanging out. <laughs> Hello. Can we can we call him Uncle Dunks for the rest of this book? Yes. Of course we can. Awesome. Awesome. I do have to say really quickly though on the subject of Jason Momoa that mm-hmm. the least realistic part of the movie Aquaman to me is that the <laughs> only per- people in that very early opening bar scene who like want to get selfies with him or like big tough motorcycle dudes. I'm like, where, where is every woman in that town? Right. <laughs> That's unrealistic. Like, I mean, it's funny. It's a funny scene that these, you know, big tough dudes are just like, Oh my God, you're Aquaman. That's so cool. But also like, where's every chick that's in that bar? Just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Hey Arthur. How's oh, it going? I'm too cool to ask for a selfie. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna call not... you Aquaman, but I think we all know. I mean, Aquaman. I'm I'm not like other girls. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean that's eventually what his love interest does, basically. Uh, seriously. <laughs> uh, I guess they just were like, oh no, he's got a. Sh-. It's it's sort of how every Superman movie wants you to think that no one except Lois is interested in him, right. <laughs> unless they bring up like an old girlfriend or something. It's always just like, really okay. Mm-hmm. Everyone in town? Fine. I'll just say this, just this one time, Margot Kidder deserves so much better. Just in general? Yeah, out of that that franchise. Well, yeah, but I thought you meant then Christopher Reeve. No, I mean, Christopher Reeve, I mean... Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that was, he's hard to top, man. I'm I'm just saying, like, go back and watch those first two movies, because, whoo! Anyway. <laughs> Should we move on to the next chapter? Uh, no, I don't want to go to Seleucus Secundus. Oh, nobody does. But we have to, so. All right, fine. Should I dig into this next epigraph, then? Okay. Okay. Here we go. This was Maudib's achievement. He saw the subliminal reservoir of each individual as an unconscious bank of memories, going back to the primal cell of our common genesis. Each of us, he said, can measure out his distance from, a, from that common origin. Seeing this and telling of it, he made the audacious leap of decision. Muad'Dib set himself the task of integrating genetic memory into ongoing evaluation. Yeah. Thus, <laughs> thus did he break through time's veils, making a single thing of the future and the past. That was Muad'Dib's creation, embodied in his son and his daughter. From The Testament of Arrakis by Hark al-Ada. When did he do any of this? <laughs> yeah. Nonsense. 
a nonsense. <laughs> a bullshit. Yeah, I mean, Paul, audacious leap of decision. Mm. Paul audaciously did nothing. I mean, I would say riding a bunch of sandworms into Arakine is pretty audacious. Okay, the audacity of that, I will accept. That was... The audacity of early Maudim. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, Paul the, the Emperor, Paul the Ruler, not so much. Just lounging. Lounging yeah. on a big throne. Which, big to be fair, is all emerald. I would do. Yeah. I mean, I, I think sitting on an emerald all day would be really cold and uncomfortable. I concur. Yeah. Thrones are never comfortable in film, Mm-mm. even though you'd think there could be at least one that was just a big comfy chair. Mm-hmm. They don't all have to be flipping emeralds or swords or, mm-hmm. you know, come on. <laughs> like the best King part Ralph. about Vikings was that everything was covered in furs. Yes. Like, I mean, was that, would you say that's the best part? Okay, show? I would not say that's the best part of Vikings. <laughs> However, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, not <laughs> be but thirst. so thirsty. Yeah. Okay. So we are on, as we said, on Seleucus Secundus. We're with Faradin and uh, Tekenic. And uh, <laughs> Tekenic's trying this. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's this trying is a subtle. To... This, he's doing the religious talk. Like, yeah, everyone at a party who's ever tried to get people to play spin the bottle. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it be funny? Yeah, exactly. If we all like, made out. <laughs> what if you found religion? Weird if you found this. Well, what's so funny is they start open the chapter with Frodens is like, uh, kind of, do we have to kill those twins? Like, it kind of sucks. They seem interesting. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know if I really want to be emperor because I have so much else on my plate. Yeah. (laughs) I like so many other things. It would be really interesting to just go to Arrakis and see like about spice production or like we're trying to make these, you know, sand trout here take root. Like that's that's really cool and interesting. I kind of don't want to do the whole part where I sit on a throne. Um, That (laughs) seems dull. Yeah. And, you know, he says, well, like that and... uh, Tekanic is thinking, well, that's that, that's what happened to your grandfather, which I kind of call bullshit on. I don't recall him ever doing a single thing that Mm-mm. seemed like a hobby or anything fun. Uh, but, he's, you know, that's why he went soft in the end was because he became so interested in things other than his throne. Ah. And he's just like, well, you know, I mean, it sucks that we're going to kill these kids, but... Mm-hmm. He's like, I guess, you know, we're all born into this life, like, knowing that that's a, a, a likelihood. Like, I don't want to move to Arrakis. Do we have to move to Arrakis? A very, a very practical approach, I think. Yeah. And he's just, I like how he's very like, oh, you know, people get assassinated when you're royal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> he's like, it's, this is weird of you to be you know, all about this Mwadib religion all of a sudden. He's and like, no, it's is great. Like, it's so cool. Uh, it's, it, I'm a yeah. warrior and it speaks to that. Yeah. He's like, God works in mysterious ways, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> he literally says that. Oh, it's yep. so funny. <laughs> and he's just like, well... But he was in Atreides. And he's like, yeah, but then he was like, you know, it's fine. Don't worry yeah. about that part of it. <laughs> and Faradin's kind of like, well, 
but my mom seems really happy that you found religion. He's like, oh, damn it. Um, yeah. He's like, I'm not into that. <laughs> I don't like he's, stuff my mom likes. So I mean, same. Yeah. I mean, yeah. especially in this situation. And Takanix is like, damn it. Like, why is she always getting her nose into everything? She ruins business? everything. <laughs> and he says, oh, well, may- maybe she thinks it'll help you become emperor. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's probably it. That's all my mom's ever thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's, he- he's like, why are we taking a walk right now, by the way? Uh, this yeah. is weird. You're here at noon. We're taking a walk in the garden, which is great and all, but you're usually you're busy. Really and you're weird. talking a lot about religion. <laughs> <laughs> like I would be way put off by that. Oh my God. I'd just be if like, someone, what if someone is you that? do is just like, so let's take a walk. Uh, hey, how do you feel about religion? Yeah, I would be like, um, you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I like, I'm, I have hemorrhoids. I can't take this walk or something. <laughs> like I have oh, to like. It's noon. It's almost noon. I am very. I gotta go hit the food trucks. I like do if not I miss if I don't get cheese. Yeah, if I don't get my spice burrito, I will pass out. Mm, I'm delicious. hypoglycemic. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling very woozy. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, but. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm laughing, but it's so dumb. Tiganic is like. So don't be mad. <laughs> got a little surprise surprise for you yeah your mom's not gonna Uh, like it um but i got you a dude to tell you what your dreams are about yeah and he's like it's a fun thing to do friends like what and he says and friends thinking like some sort of car you know do a lot of dream interpretation apparently i guess when they're just Mm. hanging out uh he calls he calls Wadib the supreme dreamer, which is hilarious to me. That I is... want a shirt that says it, just for me, yeah, personally. Yeah, that's really good. Supreme dreamer, dream weaver. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Sorry, it's so silly. This is a very silly chapter. And they, you know, they think, well, if, if he had these dreams that told him what to do, maybe we could have dreams that could tell us what to do, and that would be pretty amazing. But Tekanic has never been into that. So why is he now like, I brought us a guy (laughs) to read our dreams. Yeah, to interpret our dreams. I'm going to go get him. You hang here. Don't tell your mom. (laughs) And like, the only reason that Fraun is even um, entertaining the notion is because he knows his mother. He thinks his mother wouldn't approve. Yeah. And he's 18, so... Mm. Yeah. And he, he's may, like, don't freak out. just changed my Twitter name oh. to Supreme Dreamer. <laughs> Excellent. He's like, Tekanic is like, don't freak out because he's wearing an Ixian mask that lets him see because he's blind because it's Paul. Of course it's Paul. So, okay. So we're just going to, I'm going to run this down for everyone right quick because it gets a little complicated because no one will use names. So mm, it's just mm-hmm. a lot of this. And they call him an old man, which yeah. we've been over this. So, so they're on Seleucus Secundus. Paul is there as the preacher, and he's wearing a creepy Ixian mask, uh, he, so that he can kind of see. Yeah, it's uh, like a veil. He, he can see with his skin. 
and he's blind and they've brought him all the way there to tell fred what his dreams mean (laughs) no to interpret his dreams to interpret his dreams that's an important distinction (laughs) he's got a dream journal and a dream dictionary like every (laughs) 16 year old girl in 1997 yeah and he's gonna tell you he's gonna tell you what it means yeah he comes out he's like oh this guy's like coughing and he's old and he smells like spice and what's with this creepy veil and yeah he's like oh great he's so old like is paul even 40 at this point no (laughs) barely that's what i thought (laughs) but you know he's smelly and he went out in the desert sure desert ages you friends just like um okay i mean i guess <laughs> i could tell you it would be hilarious of course he had a very meaningful dream yeah everyone always has meaningful dreams when it comes to this kind of stuff it's never just like i was at the mall and i had a badger yeah yeah there was a badger there and then shaquille o'neal showed up and i was like hey Shaq, what's up and he stole the badger and i was really upset <laughs> yeah i was like excuse me have you seen shaquille o'neal to everyone and they were like what I said he stole my badger, and I had to call nine one one, and Darth Vader answered, and I was like, "Well, this isn't helpful." And then <laughs> that's I went, um, that is very much like what my dreams are like. It's never like, okay, here here's Froden's dream. Yes, water flowing upwards in the well, worlds that are atoms dancing in his head, a snake that transforms itself into a sandworm, and then explodes into a cloud of dust, and that's the part he has. The hardest time telling this uh, dream interpreter who is Paul. Mm. And to be fair, neither one of them know that he's Paul. True. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. But yeah, of course it's that kind of dream. He wasn't just like, I had a dream that I wasn't on Seleucus Secundus. And yeah. I had a hot girlfriend <laughs> right. in a bikini, you know? <laughs> and so, know, like. He's just, like, sitting there and, like, not saying anything. And Fran's like, uh, <laughs> did you hear me? Are you going to interpret my dream? And he says, I did. Yeah, I didn't tell you I'd tell you. <laughs> I never said I'd tell you what it means. Paul. And then he's like, he's like, what the fuck? Justifiably. Like, oh, if yeah. I told someone, like, my big important dream and they didn't tell me what it meant, I would be ticked off, too. But he's like... Trust me, you wouldn't understand. It's easier to tell you nothing than to tell you a little bit and have you misunderstand me. Mm-hmm. But at one point, Fred says, well, do you want to pay? You want us to pay you more? And he's like, I didn't get any pay to begin with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's like, <laughs> Fred's like, oh, we'll just keep you then until you decide to interpret my dreams. And he's like... A, I already interpreted interpreted your dream. B, <laughs> like, you can't keep me here. And Tekanic is like, yeah, about that. We really can't. We have yeah. a very ironclad arrangement to send it back. But what is the cost of sending him back? What does what do they get in the bargain? <gasps> it's it's it couldn't be. How could it be? Yeah. It's Duncan they get, Idaho. They get Duncan. <laughs> Surprise, like, it's a Duncan Idaho. But, like, how how dare you, Paul? You haven't talked to him since you wandered off into the desert. Like, 
How dare you be like, oh, yeah, you can have the services of my former swordmaster. Like, no worries. Yeah, he's technically my brother-in-law now, but whatever. She's yeah. totally cheating on him. <laughs> yeah. It really doesn't matter. It's just like, you can't... Poor, poor Duncan at this point. He is just... Mm-hmm. He has become just something that people pass amongst themselves. Yeah. He's a person. Yeah, it's not okay. Yes, he's kind of a clone, but he's also mm-hmm. a person. Yeah. So before he leaves, like, Paul kind of takes Farad's head in his hands and he's like, you know, you might be okay. But listen, I got some advice for you. <laughs> like, he says governments rise and fall for any reason, but it's like the big events are often not as important as the small events. All the little things. Oh my god, he does that whole, like, butterfly flaps its wings. Yeah, and it's just like, roll my eyes. But anyway. <laughs> Farad uh, thinks it's really deep, because he's 18. Yeah, yeah but Paul says, you know, you need training, you have weaknesses, and, you know, you haven't actually thought about the people that you would be ruling, and that's something, like, that's day one stuff. And he says he, one of his examples of little things is the length of a garment. And Hennick's just like, why do you talk about a garment? Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, why does he know about clothes? Is this some kind of subtle warning? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> Fred goes, how is this advice? <laughs> <laughs> I felt that way sometimes. Yeah. Someone's like, let me tell you some life lessons. Like, no. What? He's like, it sounds like a warning. Paul's like, yeah, it is. It's a warning. No, no, it, it really is. But he's like, we're cool. Okay, we're cool. So he leaves and frogs out. Uh, take care of Duncan Idaho. He's a jewel yeah. beyond. Price. He's a treasure. Yeah, I love him. Love that guy. Tell him I love him. How very Lady Catherine de Bourgh of him. A treasure. A treasure. <laughs> uh yeah. That's a little. And- Jane the Austen entire humor for you guys. point, I mean, so this is having a lot because basically he's he's saying it would be really great if you got some other advisors, mm-hmm. maybe some other advisors who could teach you things and tell yeah. you things. Just wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there that, you know, as a prince, as a ruler, if you want to even try to have a throne, you should have advisors right <laughs> maybe not some this Benny guy Gesserit skills <laughs> yeah oh don't so... worship me oh i mean uh Mwadib. <laughs> goodbye yeah i think that you know the prince is he's bemused by the whole mm-hmm. encounter and he's like it's so sick <laughs> whatever my dreams are dumb they don't mean anything <laughs> and that's the end of the chapter <laughs> I mean, if I had that dream, I would then wake up and be like, did that mean something? Or have yeah. I have I been reading Dune too much? Right. <laughs> I have never had a dream about Dune. No, never. No, it's like my, my brain is just like, no, it's okay. We, we'll just keep that for the waking hours. I mean, I never have dreams about stuff that I... I, I had once when I was... This is when I was playing the first Assassin's Creed game, like like eight hours a day uh did have a dream that i was climbing rooftops nice so nice. <laughs> that was you, about it were you jumping on people yeah yeah 
Nice. Yeah. So that's those chapters. That was that was a lot. There's a lot going on because things are starting to come together. Mm -hmm. Like plans are in motion. Everyone's got different, you know, agendas. Yeah. I yeah. would make some sort of chess analogy, but I don't play chess, so Mm-mm. I won't. <laughs> Strategy. There you go. Maneuvers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have to say it like that? Yeah, like Eddie Izzard. Maneuver. Maneuver. I've invented a maneuver. <laughs> you got a flag. It's like one of my favorite Eddie Izzard bits is the Heimlich maneuver one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. It's so much. And it's so exciting, though. Like I said, it's yeah. just like, yeah, stuff is happening yeah, in it's, this book. I will say it's not dragging at all. So anyway, that was that was these chapters. What else do we have going on, Megan? Um, Like a big contest, maybe? Oh, could it be? Could it yeah. be that we have been doing the show for two years almost? Yes. Two years. In March will be two years. And so we are through the month of February holding a giveaway. So you can go to our Twitter. It's uh, Let's Get Weirding, obviously, at Weirding Pod. And it's the pinned tweet. It will have the link there for you to enter the contest. And the prize, the prize is... We're going to have some of the swag from our wonderful Tea Public uh, store with, uh, you know, we've got designs from Salty Said Sweetly. We've got designs from uh, Philippe Sabrero, which is huge and great. And then the the grand prize, we'll say, is um, a hardcover, like the Folio Society illustrated edition of Dune. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's collector's item it's you know i would say one of a kind it's not one of a kind and just just to reiterate it's the it's not the folio society collector's edition because that is like 650 dollars it's the 130 (laughs) dollars yeah like i we love all of you but yeah and i love folio society and what they do i think they make beautiful beautiful you know art and you know, they celebrate literature in a way that I really appreciate. However, <laughs> that's just not doable. <laughs> Maybe if we get a bunch more people on our Patreon. But <laughs> if the show itself got some sort of sugar daddy. Right. I mean, spon- I think they call those sponsors. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, by the Fine. way, Fresca, if you're listening, Fresca, anyone <laughs> that works. you. For the Coca-Cola Corporation that could hook us up with a Fresca <laughs> sponsorship. Or just Fresca. Just send yeah. us some Fresca. Or just honestly. send us Fresca because we are, Delicious. we discovered that we both love Fresca this weekend. So <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God we could be friends. <laughs> if you If you didn't like Fresca, we were going to have a problem. <laughs> we were. Yeah. We never speak unless it's on the show. It's true. It's true. <laughs> we're definitely not messaging each other all day yeah <laughs> and sending Just, each other tiktoks all night all day and all night so many tiktoks are so good i know oh anyway should we wrap it up i think we should yeah so 
As always, you can find us over at thespool.net where we write about film and television. We're on Twitter and Instagram at WeirdingPod. You can send us a letter to WeirdingPodcast at gmail.com. And that's all the places to reach us. So go sign up, do the contest. One of the one of the ways you can enter is to show us your Lido 2 fan art. Please. Which is the one nobody has has done that one yet, and I'm dying. Please. <laughs> I we want love him to so much. see it. And it before you ask, yes, we will accept cosplay. Oh yeah. Please, yeah. please do. Yeah. So oh show God. us your best Lido 2. Cause that that would that one is worth like four times what the other entries are worth. So if you really <laughs> want to get in there, show us your fan art. We will be so happy. Yes. <laughs> so that's gonna do it for us this time. Uh, until next week, be nice and take your take spice. Your spice. Bye. Bye.